Hi everyone, this is Andrea Adams. Wait, Andrea, wait. Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Dr. Gina Gaudio-Grace, the co-founder of Divisio, that's D-U-V-I-S-I-O dot com, the affiliate network for companies that do good. And we have a very interesting, unique, first-ever show here on Leverage Masters today with my co-host and show producer, Andrea Adams-Miller, the co-founder of the Red Carpet Connection. Andrea, I'm not going to spoil your thunder. I'm going to let you tell everyone why today's show is unique. Well, thank you, Gina. By the way, that's Dr. Gina Gaudio-Grace. She's amazing. And uh, what she does as a joint venture uh, partnership leader and as such an amazing person just blows me away all the time. She is uh, just so amazing. And I love that she's always allowing me to be inventive and see what we can create. So what we're creating is that this is the first ever we're doing a Zoom live. Gina is calling in and uh, Brian Wright. Our uh, guest is also calling in, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. So what we're doing is we're going to be interviewing him on Zoom while also on audio because we haven't figured out how to merge blog talk and zoom yet. So we're going to see what we can do. If anything, uh, later, uh, you might hear some delays. You might hear us playing around, but you know, have fun with us because the messages that you get here are so worth any, whatever little, um, hooky pooky electronic weirdness might happen because Brian Wright is an amazing man. Let me share a little bit about him. Uh, he, okay. So, he has done so many things. He is the host of Success Profiles Radio and the publisher of Success Profiles Magazine. And over the last six years, he has interviewed world-class achievers such as Darren Hardy, Jack Canfield, Laura Langemeyer, Kevin Harrington, Sharon Lecter, and many more. And this makes me really exciting because all of them are my friends, uh, except for Darren. So that makes me feel really good about the level of people that I play with in the world. And with the lessons that he has learned from these achievers and through his own experience, he seeks to educate motivate and inspire others to become greater versions of themselves. He's the author of three books, including the newly released Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers. He graduated from Ohio State University with a degree in communication studies. He has a master's in adult education from the University of Nebraska in Lincoln, and he has a passion for speaking and influencing audiences by speaking competitively in high school and in college, and then being heavily involved in campus while he was in school. So he has taken all of that intelligence and wisdom and spread that throughout his career to be a top performer in the area of sales, customer service training, and he's written resumes professionally for students, professionals, executives, and more. And he also speaks on topics of motivation, inspiration, leadership, and goal setting and resides in Phoenix. This guy is so kind, so amazing, such a connector, such a giver. You want to know him and you want to know what he has to say. As far as I'm concerned, he's a person who showcases you and teaches you how to get your message out, out loud and in print. So welcome to the air with us and to the Zoom with us. Brian Wright, you are the man. Thank you so much for that intro, and I appreciate being here. Yeah, you you are doing such amazing things in the world. So why don't you start off with uh, telling us, you know, when you decided to um, do the podcast, how did you, what made you decide to take that into writing, and, and, and then really, how did you become connected with all these influencers to be able to pull off what you pull off? That's a really great question. Well, I started my show in January 2012, and a friend of mine invited me to uh, start my show, and he's like, we've got some slots at this internet radio station called Kogina Radio, and that's where I am. But I started that in January 2012, 
and Hal Elrod was my very first guest. This was before the Miracle Morning. Oh, so, I met Hal I, 10 years ago. I adore him. Amazing. I've been wanting to get yeah. him on for years. So kudos. Yeah. Kudos. He's been on my show three times. So I, I'm very fortunate. And I met him at events, uh, live events prior to him coming on my show. And I reached out to him when I was looking for my first guest. I said, Hal, I'd be really honored if you would be my very first guest. He said, yeah, sure. I remember asking him during the show, so tell me about this miracle morning. And he said, I'm not done writing it yet. And I said, okay, well, then you'll come back when you're done. And a year and a half later, he was on my show actively promoting the miracle morning. And he spun that out to a whole bunch of different miracle mornings, uh, books, that is, and miracle morning uh, movies that he's working on and uh, live events that he's, he's blown up. But I love this because it gives me a platform to share other people's messages with the world in addition to my own. So, yeah, Success Profiles Radio was fun, and then I spun that into a magazine when I realized I had so much content that I needed to spin somehow, and I invited people to contribute every single month, and I'm still doing that. I'm on episode or, or issue number 33 now, I believe. I started that in December 2017, and I also do some book coaching and some ghostwriting as well. So, I stay busy. Yes, very much busy, and that's why I like you. It's because um, I've always said if you want something done, ask a busy person, and Brian has stepped up for that. By the way, we're doing something else interesting today. Um, immediately after the show, we have set up a, a ruse. A ruse. Uh, maybe I'm using the wrong word there. Um, we are pronouncing it wrong. Uh, we are. Um, I, my business partner, Ken Rashawn, for the Keep Smiling movement, he has a big birthday party today at uh, one, from 1 p.m. to 2.30 p.m. virtually. I've hand-invited over 1,500 people, so it's been crazy ridiculous trying to keep this all a secret, and um, he believes that he's being interviewed by Brian Wright, <laughs> and he is not today. He will be in the future, just not today. <laughs> So today, uh, we are actually using the same Zoom link. <laughs> that way, we can merge from one to the other in case people join the Zoom party early. Um, if you hear people popping in and so forth at a quarter till, well, that's exactly what's happening because, you know, when you want to make big things happen in the world, you just make things happen. And so that's what we're creating. And Brian graciously allowed me to utilize his skills and professionalism to make sure that Ken absolutely didn't want to miss this podcast with Brian because you know who doesn't want to be elevated as among uh, you know Darren Hardy and Sharon Lecter and uh, so we'll know he's there in the right lighting and everything for his birthday bash today and uh, so and thank you so much Brian talk I mean this is the, I mean what wonderful what a wonderful man I, I have to tell you Brian I have to put you in the same compliment with Chiz Chisholm Christopher Chiz Chisholm. He is the co-founder of Entertainment Tonight. He's done um, multiple television shows, um, been nominated for, um, I think, Talking Aces, and his shows have been on, you know, the Globes and all of that. Yes, do it, do Good job. No, I love it. He uh, was on Ken's radio show yesterday for Ken's birthday surprise that I did. And I met him like in five minutes on Sunday. And within five minutes, he agreed to come on the show, to do a blip, to, you know, say something nice about Ken and to wow. be on the show with us later. And uh, when I met him, I'm like, oh, my gosh, with people in my life like Brian and Chiz, I mean, wow, I, the things that I can do in the world and the connections that we can make. So um, I, I am making sure that you know that you belong along that elevation of people who are Thank awesome. You. I need an intro to him, Matt. Yes, you are already receiving that. And uh, Dr. Gina, of course, is an amazing connection woman as well. So, Gina, I wonder what your thoughts are. Um, pop in and ask any questions uh, when when you have them for Brian. Don't, feel free to interrupt me because um, I'm also getting ready for the party. <laughs> so I, I welcome your input as well as I do all of this. We're, we're, I'm having a lot of fun doing this, and I love being real authentic and extremely candid with all of you that, you know, when, when you're a busy publicist, you just make things happen. <laughs> you're too cute, Andrea. You really are. <laughs> so, so, Brian, I would love to second. know. Of all the interviews you've done over the years, who is your favorite? 
say that again? Of all the interviews you've done over the years, who was your favorite guest to interview? Wow. And for those watching on Zoom, I'm on the phone with Gina while I'm on Zoom with Andrea. So that's I'm not taking another call, I promise. So my favorite interview so far, gosh, there are so many. It's like trying to pick your favorite kid or your favorite dog, right? Um, I would have to say Darren Hardy was really amazing. Uh, only because that interview was harder to get. I had the interview booked. And I bought his book, The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster, and I had almost gotten done preparing for a show, and I decided that I was going to reach out to his executive assistant a few days in advance and confirm because I didn't want to lose the opportunity. And so what she told me in an, e- in an email was we are canceling all of his future appearances because some people that he's been interviewed by have not been talking about his book. And that's a huge no-no. If someone is coming onto your show for a specific reason, you honor that reason. And so I had to think pretty quickly because I wasn't going to lose this. So I said, I can appreciate that Darren is frustrated by this. And uh, what I wanted to let them know is that I was done reading the book. I was almost done preparing for the show. And I offered to send the questions I plan on asking. And they loved it. The next day, they wrote back and said, yes, let's reschedule. So we did. And we had a brilliant interview. That's awesome. Well, I will definitely make it a point to go find that interview. Yeah, awesome. If you go on my website, uh, com and click on podcast, about a dozen of my episodes, or my favorite ones, are there. You can listen to them in full, or you can go on iTunes. I will definitely go do that. I hope our guests heard that as well. com and click on podcast, and you can find about a dozen of his favorite interviews. Yep, BrianKWright.com. Now, I will add that I would love to hear how you, um, you can see here, I am doing my highlighters right now. Um, I would love to hear how you, how you decided how to interview people, because one of the things I've heard uh, so many compliments is that you ask such enriching questions and really pull so much depth out of the interview that people are really happy to have been interviewed by you. And, you know, where did that come from? You know, how do, how do you know how to do that? What, what, what comes within you to create that? Uh, I think some of it is intuitive. I think that um, it all comes with good listening and making the guest the star of the show. And you have to do that. You really, really have to do that. I've been interviewed on some shows where the guest does a lot, or the host does a lot of talking. They do almost all the talking. <laughs> and they, they want to interject their own stories on top of mine. And, you know, in conversation, I guess that's okay. But when you're hosting a show, you really need to make the guest the star. And that's really what it's about for me. And so that's why I do it. I think that's why people have such a great experience. In fact, a lot of people who have done testimonials for my show have said that I ask great questions, I'm a great listener, I'm very well prepared, and those are the things I strive to be, so success. I love it. Well, that's definitely who you are. Gina, do you have other questions for him as well? No, go ahead, Andrea. Okay, so um, while uh, Gina's, you know, learning more about you and so forth, oh, let me come on camera. While Gina's learning more about you and what you do, I want to know also, you know, when you are deciding who is in your lineup, what what specifications do they need to fulfill in order to be included on one of your podcasts? I mean, how do, how do we how do we set the level of who are the people that are the influencers that get to be on? Yeah, I I usually interview A players. I mean, be a world-class achiever. Uh, people who've overcome things are usually great candidates for my show. People are doing amazing things in the world. And and I want to make sure that's not a topic that I just did. Sometimes when I get pitched by PR people, they say, I have a guest who specializes in this. I'm a huge fan of your show. And I think, well, if you're such a huge fan of my show, do you not know that I did this exact same topic two weeks ago? And I don't say that to be snarky, but you got to do your research. I mean, I, I get a lot of blind pitches from PR people and people who are referred guests. And I appreciate everyone who thinks of me and wants to bring a guest on my show. I just can't take everyone because I only do my show once a week and that's enough. I mean, maybe, maybe I might 
you know, do a booster month where I might do a couple shows a week just for fun. But the level of preparation that I put into my show is quite a lot. And if I did my show every day or three times a week all the time for an hour, I wouldn't have time to run my business. And so I, I can't do that. I won't do that. Okay, so this makes me totally giggle that I am getting ready for the rest of my day on the show with you. So that makes me look like I'm totally disrespectful. And I do not mean it to look that way whatsoever. (laughs) And at the same time, we just had Brian on with us for Your Destiny, another show I do with Dr. Karen Perkins. And what we were laughing about is Karen laughed too because she said, oh, we tell a lot of our own stories (laughs) Yeah. And we laughed about that. and But that's what's fun is the uniqueness between shows yeah. and how people do things. So uh, I, think a, I think there's a different dynamic when you're co-hosting with somebody. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So I, mean, oh, I, I allow for that, right? So, I mean, when it's just me and the guest, I want the guest to be the star. I just want, I want them to do most of the talking. Well, and I, I fill in and I, I guide the conversation. That's what I'm doing. I'm guiding the conversation. That's I, oh, well, and I love that about you. I absolutely love that about you. I actually joked with Brian that the fact that I'm putting my makeup on while I'm talking to him reminds me of this girl who talks about like um, serial killer murder mysteries of the past while she's doing, you know, glamour makeup and stuff. And I said, I, I, maybe I'm a, a parroting off of her uh, for doing that. Um, so while I, I, but it seems like every Zoom I'm on, I'm doing some part of my makeup to try to fit things in the world. Brian said I'd have to pay him a lot of money to get him to go in full drag, right? What? <laughs> Do I have to pay you a lot of money to get you in full drag so you can put makeup on with me? <laughs> no amount of money would. Make me do that. No amount of money. <laughs> so that yeah. is not where Brian's willing to go. So it yeah. will be me only. <laughs> So, Brian, when you've um, had the opportunity to speak on stage, what is the, um, tell me your style on stage and so forth, how you like to present and show yourself. I mean, is it more motivational, more educational? Yeah, yeah it is very motivational and educational. I tell my story because there are lessons within the, within the story that I want people to get. There are, are lessons of overcoming things. There are lessons of not great things happening to me, and some of those things are because I made choices. Not horrible choices, but, uh, you know, sometimes you have to be really resourceful, too. I mean, as a business owner, as someone who, you know, on one hand was trying to get by at certain points in my life and, and wanting to make my business thrive, you have to make choices and take risks. And sometimes they work out and sometimes they don't. But I know that I am not the only person who's ever gone through the things that I've gone through. And so that's why I share, because if someone else can get something out of what I'm sharing, then that's. That's a win for me. I win for everybody. Well, that certainly aligns you with the whole purpose of this show. The Leverage Masters, uh, when Gina created this, she and her partner at the time uh, for the show, uh, co-host for the show, you know, they really made lives by listening to the people who are sharing who they were and how they overcame things and how they learned to manage things so that they um, not only were motivated and inspired, but that they had that learning tool to be able to overcome things without having to do maybe all the hard knocks that everybody else who was being interviewed had gone through just to give everybody that little bit of hand up. So when you think back of your hand up that you give to people and share with them, Oh, can you tell us the story about uh, what, you know, what story in your life really you sh- that you share elevates people to their highest level? Uh, you mean like what I'm giving to others or? Yeah. Yeah. When you're um, either speaking on stage or uh, when you have the opportunity to be interviewed, when it's about you and what you're doing for others. Yeah. I think really it's about giving people hope uh, because I think a lot of people think I could never do what so-and-so does. I mean, they see somebody on stage and they think, oh, gosh, they're, they're better than I am. Well, no, it's not about that. Uh, and, you know, when I see other speakers on stage and they're super high-achieving people, I have to keep reminding myself not to compare their Chapter 20 to my Chapter 2 or 3 because that's a huge disservice to me. I put my pants on the same way someone else does. But the interesting thing is they just figured it out faster than I did or they figured it out earlier in their life than I did. <laughs> well, I love that um, because if people do need to know that they can do these, do things that are un- impossible. So when it comes to what's impossible or what other people have thoughts impossible, what 
um, achievements did you at one point think, I don't know if I'll be able to do this, and then overcame them? And, and how did you overcome them? Wow. Well, I've got four books now. So I, I always wanted to be a writer when I was a kid. But now that it's come true, and I've gotten to collaborate with with celebrities and, and high achievers in, in a couple of my books, and one of them is right here, Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers. It's available on Amazon, and I also have some uh, copies in my office that I can sign. Uh, and, and also volume two, these are compilations of some of the best interviews I've had on my show. And so that's a way to repurpose content that you've already done. So it's fun. I love doing that. And the idea that I'm helping other people with their books, the idea that I have a magazine, I didn't envision that I would be doing all of that. But when I look back on it, I think, wow, that's actually pretty cool. Not everyone has done all of that. And so I don't take it for granted. You know, I've been blessed with a skill set and a work ethic and a desire. And so you use the gifts that you've been given or they're, they're taken away from you. Well, I certainly see that not only do you have this gift to be able to create all of this, but you have this gift in uh, not only doing this yourself, but showing other people how you repurpose things. So I love how you're taking your shows and your interviews and you're pulling those snippets and those bites for people to consume this great knowledge and this great wisdom from the people that you've interviewed in multiple ways and multiple facets. Um, tell us a little bit about um, the, uh, the magazine work you do as well, because I don't think people realize that not only are you publishing for books, but you're publishing magazines and doing stuff like that and interviewing people for magazines. So explain that process. Yeah. So when I started my magazine, Success Profiles Magazine in December 2017, uh, I realized that I was sitting on the domain for successprofilesmagazine.com for a couple of years, and I was renewing it for the third year and realized I hadn't done anything with it yet, so I felt very convicted that I better do something with it mm. soon. So I decided I'm going to do the first issue. So who's going to be on the cover? Well, it has to be someone I've already interviewed on my show because that makes it easier. And I had interviewed Kevin Harrington six months prior, and so I thought I will reach out to him. And so I emailed him. I said, Kevin, thank you once again for being on my show a few months ago. It was a great show, great feedback on it. I'm starting a magazine. I'd love for you to be the first person on my cover. You don't have to do anything except to supply me a great photo for the cover and maybe a few other photos for the article if you'd like. Um, but I don't need to interview you again. I'll just use what we already did. And he's like, I'm in. Oh, wow. You made it easy for him. Consumable, that's key, simple. That's the key. Make it easy. If you want to connect and work with high-level people, make it no brainer easy. If you make them do a lot of work and make them jump through your hoops to work with you, they will not do it because they don't know you. Fantastic. I, I, I see, this is why uh, Dr. Karen had recommended that I know you and have you on uh, the leverage master. She knew that Gina would love you uh, because I had said how you just show how you show up and you're, how your work ethics were so strong, uh, it just really impresses me. Um, Gina, with your ability to JV and partner with some of the most prominent people in the world, do you, are you hearing how uh, Brian would be a great asset in your Rolodex? <laughs> Absolutely. I hope our listeners are, and our viewers are taking notes. Well, I certainly yeah, hope great. so. I certainly hope so. Gina, did you have some other thoughts? Because I know there's other things that you can think of with publishing and magazines and interviews um, that would um, benefit your, uh, the people that you work with. What are some thoughts that you have that we can ask Brian? So for a lot of our listeners, they would be new to your world. Do you have any tips for how they can get started? Get started with Publishing or writing a book, uh, getting yeah. their own podcast, things like that. Yeah, well, that I could go a lot of ways. <laughs> I, I think if somebody wanted to start writing their book, they need to have a very clear idea of what their message is going to be. Because a lot of people want to write a book, but it has to be something that people want to read. In fact, I tell them that the, the idea for your book should be the intersection of three things. Number one, what do you know a lot about? Number two, what does your audience want to know a lot about? And number three, what will your audience pay for? Because that's the key. You want to get people to buy your book and work with you outside of that after the book is over with, after they're done reading it. 
thing about Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad, his whole book was a big sales pamphlet for his cash flow game. T. Harbecker's Secret to the Mind. That was all about getting people to go to his free three-day weekend event so that he can upsell coaching courses afterwards at the end of a recession. So it worked. So knowing what your destination or your call to action is going to be once the book is done is really critical because then you can tailor your, your whole book toward your call to action at the end. Very good advice. Yeah, that makes perfect sense for that. Um, all right, so when what do you suggest for people who are writing? A lot of times I meet people, I own a publishing company as well, and so I have a lot of people who will approach me and they want to do a memoir. And um, w- one of my suggestions with always with that is, well, okay, I get everybody's life is unique. Everybody's life can be a great story. And at the same time, I often want to pull out from them uh, stories about them or what they can give the world before they offer a memoir of themselves. Because if they're not known and nobody knows who they are, the only person who's going to care about the memoir is their family. Right. Your friends and family will buy it by default. Everyone will hit the who cares button. So why? I mean, yes, tell your story, but why? So what do you, when you're talking to them, do you have um, about their book, uh, do you kind of maybe share how you go through your process without giving your trade secrets away of, of pu- pulling information out of people? Yeah. You mean in terms of figuring out what their book's going to be about? Yeah. Because I'll tell you what, I was getting ready to work with one person who was referred to me, and we had four phone calls, and I still could not pull a special theme out of it. It seems like every phone call was about something completely different. And then she got mad because she kept asking, so what are we starting? Well, as soon as we figure out what your book's going to be about, <laughs> we ended up not working together. It was not an energetic fit at all. I gracefully, I wrote an email that gracefully allowed herself to opt out, which she did. That way I didn't have to fire her before we started. Well, that's respectful of you because, I mean, the point of, of that is, is like, and then at that point, what do you do? Is it just a bunch of short stories? And then she has something yeah. that's not sellable. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, I've right. heard the average that people sell, uh, that people who do books without a plan and without, you know, a connection is 100 books. Yeah. And are you out there to sell books or are, are you out there to sell who you are? Like me, I always tell everybody, I know I publish books, but actually I'm not in the market to sell books. I'm in the market to sell people. (laughs) And and I know that sounds funny, but it's because I want the books to be able to showcase the people that wrote them. So like you've done a great job with your, um, with the books that you've done, they showcased um, all these amazing people and what they've done. And at the same time, showcase you as the person who's the interviewer, um, the, the publisher who pulls all these great pieces out of other people. And, yeah. and so you do a really good job at that. Thank you. Yeah. I really do appreciate that. But yeah, helping people figure out their message. And here's the thing, you have to figure out what transformation you want your readers to have by the time they're done reading your book. Mm. So what, when, when for you, what do you want them to get out of reading your books? I want them to come away in a better space than they started. Mm. I want them to know that whatever it is that they want to accomplish and dream of, there's somebody else who's done exactly what they want to do or a variation of it. So I want them to be inspired to run forward boldly and go where they have not gone. <laughs> I love that. Uh, um, so with all of this that you do, what hobbies and stuff do you do that influence the culture of who you are in your writing and, and in how you interview? This is going to sound really boring because I work a lot. <laughs> but I do like to read. But I do find that when I'm editing magazine articles, I'm already reading motivational stuff because that's the world I live in. Yeah. My stuff is all based on personal development and business. So there's not a lot of leisure reading that I do. Uh, I try and do it. I've got a stack of books sitting over here uh, on the edge of my desk that I haven't finished or that I have finished and want to read again. And so sometimes I'll just open the book to whatever page it opens up to and whatever is there is my inspiration for the day. 
Oh, well, that's certainly fun uh, to be able to just jump in a story anywhere in the middle. I do find, um, I mean, reading was really important to me as a kid. I was an only child, lonely child. And so books were, there was no kids around. So books are how I lived my life and and, um, became known about culture and so forth. So when you read for pleasure, what kind of genre do you read? I stay in the same genre. I was in a Stephen King mood for a while, but some of that stuff is really dark. I don't want to be there. He found very, he finds very creative ways to kill characters off. In one story, he used a letter opener. Someone used a letter opener to stab someone in the back of the neck. I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. I'm done. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Stay away from letter openers, I guess. I I won't show you mine then. (laughs) I have a hand carved wooden one. (laughs) that my friend made for me um actually actually i can't show it to you it's not here he made me this wand he made me a necklace over this it has cop it's copper infused so my wand can really take in a lot of energy and then i have a letter opener too but i have that displayed at home with my uh, jewelry tree um which is all copper copper infused um so uh, so i get that so the Stephen King, the story, the development was beautiful, but then the creative, you know, death and murder was like, okay, I've, that's kind yeah. of goes against the inspirational stuff yeah. you're reading. Well, you know, I was reading The Stand, and I bought the 1,100-word version, or 1,100-page version from oh. the bookstore. Yeah. I got it to about page 200 and something, and there were a lot of characters, a lot of people, and I was not going to be able to all straight. But then Christmas came, and I got Guerrilla Marketing by J. Conrad Levinson for Christmas, and I read that instead. And by the time I came back to the stand, I couldn't remember a thing. And I'm like, I am not starting over. I understand that. Um, When I read a book that I have to have a notebook to track who I'm reading about, and I just get, I'm like, and I read really fast. And so um, I, I taught myself how to speed read. And so you lose track of where you're at. But yes, uh, uh, um, uh, The Guerrilla Marketing is a great book. Uh, I've hung out with Jeannie Levinson um, and helped with their conferences and so forth. Unfortunately, after Jay had passed, so I never got to meet him. Uh, yeah. when, when you look back at what you've learned from all these books and what you take from them, what are some stories that you remember from these particular books that um, yeah. excite you and that you, you still come notice that you come back to? Well, one of my favorite books is uh, Jack Canfield's The Success Principles. Oh, that's a good one. And he shared a lot of stories. I love the story about how he and Mark Johansson tried to find a publisher for Chicken Soup for the Soul and got rejected 144 times before Health Communications finally decided to run with it. And I've interviewed both of them on my show, actually. In fact, when Mark Richard Hansen was on my show, I asked them how, we how they pre-sold 20,000 copies. And they just printed up a bunch of forms. And every time they spoke, they would have someone write on the form that they would pledge to buy a book. And they brought it to this book expo. And when they were pitching publishers, they would say, we have signed forms, signed purchase forms for 20,000 copies of this book. Mm-hmm. This is a no-brainer. You need to publish this. And finally, someone said, yeah, okay, great. And it was 600 million copies later. Look where they're at. Yeah, look what yeah. they do. Yeah, I, I, I've known Jack for years. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting him um, I like 10, 11 years ago, and he – gave me a testimonial for my work and what I do after hearing me speak on stage and stuff. I was so honored by that. And now throughout the years, I've had the pleasure of being in like masterminds with him and interview him on our, um, one of my clients radio shows that I uh, executive produce when I'm on air and and just to be around him, I have so much fun. And what I love is that idea um, kind of brings this full circle earlier. We were talking about manifesting the life you want and the books you want and the way things you want to look with your magazine or your yeah. a book or your podcast. Um, if we were to look five years from now, okay, so I have an ad, I have a thing that I do when I speak is uh, I always want people to share what their wishes are because I, I know you were probably told when you were little, blow up the candle, make a wish and, yeah. and don't tell anyone. <laughs> because and that was because your parents probably thought you wanted a pony and they didn't want to buy you a pony Brian that's that's yeah. it because it was expensive but now if you tell people your wishes we can actually help manifest those for you to make those yeah. come true so yeah. where do you want to go gosh I want to build and expand and 
reach more people. I want to work with more people. Uh, I'm editing an, another client's magazine for them in addition to publishing my own. I do special edition magazines for clients that want to brand themselves by themselves in a shorter version of my magazine. So I do a bunch of those. But I will have a team, a bigger team, and I'll be impacting more people and be in a bigger office. And I would love to eventually buy an office space, like buy an office condo. Oh, yeah, that would be beautiful because then uh, that would be uh, a beautiful opportunity. Who would be the other people who would um, be in those other offices? Whoever, whoever wants to be and whoever's willing to pay for their space. So it doesn't even have to be people that I'm directly affiliated with. Cool. So you just want to inspire other entrepreneurs to have a space to be able to be creative and do their work. Yeah, because sometimes, you know, you have a lot of distractions at home. If you've got a family, you know, your three-year-old always wants to play with you. And as much as you want to, you can't. So you need a place to go. Sometimes your dog is constantly demanding your attention. And as much as you love your puppy, you got to get your work done too. Well, Gina understands that. <laughs> She's Boy, do I ever. Well, Popeye's <laughs> sitting here barking, saying, Mommy, guess what time it is? Yes. Uh, and sometimes yeah. when you work at home, your friends and family think they can just drop by whenever you want because you're home. I have a funny story about that. My husband came into my office yesterday, and the door stuck. So when he pushed it open, um, it stuck more than ever. And it was really loud. It scared the crap out of me. And I screamed, and I said, I could have been recording. And he goes, but it's stuck. And I said, honey, I've told you over and over again, don't come into the office. You have to text me ahead of time. And if I don't respond, don't come in. And he's like, well, you need to put up a do not disturb sign on your door for when you don't want people to come in. And I said, no, you don't understand. 24 seven, do not disturb always. (laughs) Never come. The office is my sacred place to be by myself. So I love that you want to create that for other people. And that certainly could be a great income source for you to be able to then support your dreams for the magazine. Have you ever considered uh, uh, going and doing a television as well or having a studio where you have um, on camera instead of just voice? I haven't thought about that yet. Um, it's, it's interesting though. I mean, I think eventually if I start doing a lot of, video recordings, I might want to have a studio specifically for that. So it's a good idea. It's not something I've really entertained yet because my world has been radio and and my voice. Well, the reason I shared that is because I could see that for you. Yeah. (laughs) I think so too. In fact, I would like to do a, a documentary or a film of some kind. I mean, something along the lines of The Secret or How Thoughts Become Things. I want to produce my own film at some point in the future. It's not time yet. It's not time yet, but that that is coming. If if I had my way, and if it be God's will, I will be doing a movie sometime. If there were time, what would that look like? It would be an inspirational film, and I would want to include some of my mentors and heroes in the movie to share their their perspective on you know manifestation or whether it's law of attraction or whether being successful or creating a successful business, but inspirational stories to lift people up because we need that. You can never have too many of those kinds of stories in the world. Definitely cannot have enough of those. Uh, that's why Chicken Soup did so well. Um, yeah. And right now, uh, speaking right now, of that, have either of you seen the sequel to The Secret that just came out on Amazon Prime recently? It's called The Secret Dare to Dream. No. No, but I've seen Good. How Thoughts Become Things, produced by Doug Vermeer, and that's being billed as the sequel to The Secret as well. I love that one, too, but I just like Doug's stuff, so that's just me. This one so, is really supposed to be the sequel to The Secret. It's got the same producers. It doesn't have the documentary segments like the original movie did, but the storyline is fantastic and so many lessons in it. I just watched it over the weekend. I highly recommend it. Nice. Okay. Well, it sounds like uh, those are other people for you to interview then that are in that uh, since you've yeah. done some of the people from When Thoughts Become Things uh, with, yeah. with that group. But, um, have you interviewed Bob Proctor yet? 
Uh, no, I have not, but I've been told he's difficult to reach. He's not doing nearly as much of that as he used to because he's in his late 80s now, I think. Yes, he is, I, and I still uh, I have that um, aspiration, so <laughs> yeah. so I'm putting that out there that uh, we yeah. definitely want to interview him, especially for the Keep Smiling movement, so that yeah. we um, can have his legacy within our stories for right. somebody who really motivates yeah. people and so forth. Yeah. Um, I did interview Dennis Whaley, though. He's 87 now, and he was still sharp as a pack. He's awesome. Oh, that's amazing. Um, uh, Tom Ziegler, you interviewed him. Uh, Ziggs, yes. Zig's son. I got to share the stage with Tom at an event um, and get to know him a little bit. And, um, you know, it's, I think it's really fun when, and when Brian Tracy's son, I've been around him and, and talked Michael, with him yeah. multiple and um, got to, uh, Brian and I have been at multiple masterminds as uh, together and been on stage together. So that's been really cool. Um, who's, who's on your bucket list for people you haven't interviewed yet? Oh, you know, I think William Shatter would be a dream. That would be so much fun. It would be. It would be. And, you know, he's reinvented himself so many times. In fact, there, he did a memoir a few years ago, and I was just flipping through it at Target or wherever I happened to be, and there was a section where George Takai, you know, in, in one of the later Star Trek movies, played the captain of his own ship, and he was, you know kind of wondering how come oh oh he was oh he was talking about how he wanted his own ship and Shatner said why would you do that all the action on the Enterprise <laughs> oh my gosh I love it that's funny uh George yeah. uh take hi we have a picture of him for the keep smiling movement uh, yeah. and I just watched my husband was watching Star Trek the other night and I had to giggle because here they are we're watching Star Trek I was working he's doing watching Star Trek and then all of a sudden it cut to the commercial of him you know the new commercials that he's been doing and it just cracked me up because think i was thinking i'm like wow look at what this man has done so many multiple roles and multiple things and different characters of being the most trustworthy man in the world to that television show he did with um as an attorney where he was the biggest screw off screw people over guy ever Unreal. yeah Unreal, yeah and, and it's just like the two variables of being able to play and do that just made me giggle. I just thought it was so funny how yeah. that created in the world and how that showed up as being, yeah. um, as, as him changing and being yeah. different people in the world. Yeah. Okay. I so Ash, Ashton Kutcher would be a great interview too. Um, I got to be at this, I, I got to be at the same event as him. I um, only got to photograph him from very far away. I didn't get to meet him or talk to him. Um, um, although I spoke on the same stage, not the same day. <laughs> so I don't count yeah. him. I don't count him as sharing the stage, sharing this. I only say sharing the stage when I literally shared the stage with him, like, you know, Sudman Graham, yeah. you know, I went first and then he went or Brian Tracy yeah. went and then I went, you know, that a that's sharing. A lot of people count it though if they spoke at the same event. Yeah. I, I only counted if it was um, the same event, like we actually talked and it was like within an hour or two of each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's almost like going to the casino and saying, I won a hundred dollars, but not disclosing that you lost $200 to get that. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people do that. It's like, Oh really? You won a thousand dollars. You won $10,000 at the casino. How much did you lose? They won't tell you that. <laughs> yeah. It is quite funny. Um, I, I don't, uh, gamble because I, I am terrible at it. I do not, yeah. whatever reason, and I don't have fun at it. I guess it's because we own pinball and video games. And so for a dollar, I can play a, a pinball machine way longer than I can do a slot machine. So there right. you go. Um, all right. So, all right. You work all the time. So what are the things, what are your dream things to have on your studio to be working more efficiently? If I had more people to source things out to, that'd be awesome. I mean, I have graphic designers that would source things out to because I do not have those skills at all. But having a laptop is a, is a dream for me. I mean, I love it. I got it back in March, and I'm a lot more mobile now, which is awesome. So if I wanted to take a trip or something, I did take a road trip in March before the shutdown to go to an event in Houston. I took my laptop with me, and I was able to do some stuff at night. Uh, while I was at the event, and so that was cool. 
So I, I think having that flexibility is, is really great. Uh, yeah, that I, I insist. I, I actually, I'm laughing. I, I have, um, I've been doing stuff on an avatar world now are starting to, so I had to go back to um, looking at PCs. So I pulled out PCs. So I have three PCs here and my backup Mac and, and the Mac I use all the time. And when I travel, I always have my laptop with me. My laptop's out at the airport. It's out on the plane because I fly Southwest. So I get, you know, free um, Wi-Fi because I'm a frequent flyer with them and all of that. So I am, I am online all all the time and so it's very rare that I'm not working I, I actually love my work as well what do you think about people who say that you're a workaholic and you should not be working or you know do something else what's your opinion of that uh, those are people that probably value their free time more than their work time they're probably not entrepreneurs <laughs> they probably are not because and I they love my work don't have a grand vision for their life I love my legacy. work I love what I'm I love doing. I yeah, love what I'm doing. Like work. It's, it's fine. It's like, okay, great. If you don't want to work, work all the time. I say that in air quotes. Then don't. So who would you say are your closest friends? And what do you, what do you do with your closest friends? How, how, how are you connected? How, what do you do in your friendship that makes uh, you guys close? Conversations are always, I mean, they, they sound, it sounds simple, but my closest friends are people that I can have real legitimate deep conversations with and know that there's no judgment at the end of it. So what do you talk about? Gosh, we talk about life. We talk about our businesses. We talk about our goals, our dreams, our aspirations, what we've read, what we're hoping to see happen, how we can help love and support each other. It's just very collaborative. My closest friends are people that I have collaborations with people that I'm already working with in some capacity anyway. I'm really glad I asked you that question because I get asked that a lot. Like people don't understand my entrepreneur world and why I'm so happy doing it. They, they just, they don't get it unless, but the people who get it are the people who are like you, who just said what you said. You totally got it. Cause that's who you are. Yeah. That's how you and show my, up. My friends who are not entrepreneurs, their vision for the world and their vision for life is so much different than mine in some cases. And they only want to talk about the news and they only want to talk about politics and they only want to talk about the weather. Yawn. <laughs> After a while, really yawn. This is boring. Let them the conversation out. I got to go now. Oh, okay. We'll talk later. Yeah, we will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Cause um, that's, I, I have met, run into some different people in my world lately. I've been trying to increase my local connections to people. And what's been happening is then when I ask them to talk or share or whatever, I'll say, well, you know, what do you do? What, what inspires you? What um, philanthropy are you interested in? You know, what humanitarianly wise, you're, you know, what, what, what gets you jazzed up? And I get this look. Yeah. Oh, for those who can't see me because you're listening, get this, um, even deer in headlight. They don't even look alarmed. They're just, they're more like, duh, like lost in space. And, um, and, and that inability to dream or they're like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, what do you dream or plan for yourself? What do you see for the world? And they're like, I, I, I don't get what you're, what you want. <laughs> they don't I'm know. Really what confused. Yeah. And so that I find so challenging because I don't know how to, get um um get uh get to them and get so that they understand um what's happening in the world and and how that is and how how that just that excitement and thrill of what we can create i don't know um yeah. what the dreams we're gonna make you know think about the greatest showman and, and pt barnum and what he was able to create and make happen and th and that's me i think about like einstein and people like that and 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 meeting people who are just making things happen doesn't it get yeah. you excited it is exciting yeah it just Being around big thinkers is very very exciting because it's very inspiring and it and it makes me feel like i'm just not playing big enough what else yeah. can i do Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, how how can we really 
inspire other people to live really big as well. So, all right, before uh, people start popping up for Ken's birthday party, which they'll probably start showing up uh, within the next 10 minutes or so, I want people to know how to reach you, how to find out how you can help them, how, find out how they can make their own, you know, um, mini mags and all of this great yeah. stuff that you're doing. People who maybe are yeah. uh, wanting to help help be part of your crew we have people listening who are like hey i have a graphic design company i want to be an i i i have an outsourcing company yeah Yeah, they can email me brian at brianklright.com or if they want to talk about a specific project they want to work on that they want my help with they can get a they can schedule on my calendar call with brian.com call with brian.com so you hear heard it here call with brian.com and if I were to ask you now, uh, philosophically, uh, what would you share with the world? What would you share? What would I share? Yes. I would share that whatever it is that you really, really want to do, somebody has already done it or something close to it and ask. A lot of people are afraid of asking for help because they think it makes them look weak. No, it does not. Having questions and not asking them makes you weak because you will never get anywhere if you do not ask the questions that you have. Absolutely. So uh, just so you know, we do have people popping in for Ken's uh, birthday party, which I'm so glad that they're doing that. So as they come in, I'm, I'm putting them on mute. So those of you who know, I'm putting you on mute and turning off your video for right now um, because the whole uh, situation is, is that we told Ken that he's being interviewed with Brian Wright. So we have the interview process all set up here. And I've actually been interviewing Brian himself the last hour for uh, the Leverage Masters radio show so um, we've been having fun with Brian and that's why I wanted to get his thoughts in and you know Brian you know what do you think of this crazy thing that I've created here with trying to do zoom for the first time with you with Gina uh, wherever Gina is actually I know where Gina is because it's COVID she's at home in Florida (laughs) to whatever you got that right Andrea yeah, so many of us are limited where we could go and what we could do. Uh, so what what is your ideas and thoughts about, um, you know, being part of this new innovation for uh, two crazy new things all at the same time? It was fun to experience it. <laughs> we'll leave it at that, right? <laughs> but you know what? What I like about you, Brian, is if you thought this was total asinine and crazy, I believe you would just go ahead and be blunt and honest with me in a very kind way. <laughs> off camera, I would, yeah. And that's why I love you. <laughs> and, and you know what? I'm totally okay with whatever happens because that's how, um, you know, I, I trying to manifest and create things in the world. We're always looking for that. So I want to remind everyone, you've been listening to the Leverage Masters. We've been interviewing Brian Wright, who is now being prepared to fake um, interview Ken Rashad today. He will be interviewing him in the future. And Ken will be signing on. I told Ken that he wasn't supposed to sign on any earlier than exactly at one. So that way uh, we have a full surprise and and so forth for him. And uh, And Andrea, you really think he's going to actually listen to you and do what you tell him to do for the first time Uh, ever probably? For a radio show, he will. So, because he knows that sometimes people, like, we've been on other radio shows where, like, we got on early and we were on somebody else's show. So, uh, so we have learned that lesson. So he he will he will uh, respect that suggestion. Um, and and oh, the only difference would be if he got on a second or two beforehand. Um, uh, he, so I did tell him that's what it is. So we'll see. Um, Brian, you've been amazing and fabulous. Again, can we remind everyone uh, where they can read your work and get a hold of your work and find out what you're doing in the world? Yeah. I, if somebody wants to listen to my radio show, Success Profiles Radio, it's on iTunes. You can go there. Mm-hmm. Or if you type in successprofilesradio.com, it steers you to my page on the Toginet Radio Network. Cool. If somebody wants to subscribe to the magazine, go to successprofilesmagazine.com. And then uh, tell us uh, who's coming up in the future for you, some of the uh, people that you'll be interviewing or have just interviewed that you haven't got to uh, showcase in the magazines yet. Oh, okay. Uh, well, the August issue of the magazine is going to be Tom Terwilliger. He was a bodybuilder and won Mr. America, competed in Mr. Olympia a couple 
now he's an author and a motivational speaker. He's got tremendous energy and he's an amazing, amazing job. Nice. He's going to be on the cover this month. Fun. And yeah, and I'm, I'm, my show is booked out for, gosh, over, over two months going forward. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Uh, Ken will be on uh, in September, late September. Um, yeah, the, the last week of September. Um, yeah. That'll be really exciting. And then uh, one uh, one more thing. So uh, I want to get one more tidbit of advice for you to give other people. So when um, when you are asked to do different things like for uh, your magazine, like maybe if someone approaches you about something that you've never done before, uh, how, how do you honor your principles of what you want to do and embrace what they want to do um, so that you're able to expand your own horizon and yet um, stay yeah. within your principles? Is there a specific example or instance that you're thinking about? No, I just know that it comes up a lot for my clients that they'll be oh. asked to do something that's out of the core of their business and often they have that conflict on how do I represent and respect yeah. me and then yeah. yet how do I embrace what other people are thinking and doing? In those circumstances I will say that is not my zone of genius but I know someone who is better to help you than I am with work things. So let me make an introduction if you're open to that. Well, I meant the opposite. How do you uh, how do you process that when it's you when someone's saying, "Hey, I want to do this magazine with you, but I want to do this idea instead of that idea." So let me clarify. Are you asking if somebody wants me to help them with a magazine? Yep. Or? Yeah. Like like let's say they want to be in your article or they want to be on your podcast, but they want to bring something different or a different element to it. Oh. How how do you, I just I I'm just because they like there's, you so much and your kindness. So here's, so here's here's the thing. There's a difference between pushing the envelope and breaking my format. So if somebody wants to do something that is outside of my format, for example, if somebody wants to do something really new agey and psychic, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. But what I might do instead is see if we can spin the topic into something else. Like, for example, if you're talking about developing intuition and helping leaders make great choices, we can spin that into a magazine article, but I probably won't do a whole hour with somebody like that on my radio show. Good to know. And that's why I asked, because I, what I like about you is that um, you have such a kindness and such a great way of talking yeah. to people about things that uh, so I wanted to hear how you spin things and how you address yeah. things, because I just admire you. Um, in, the, in the weeks that I've gotten to know you and I've talked to you multiple times and interviewed you multiple times, I really like who you are and how you show up, and that's why I asked. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I mean that's the big thing. If someone says, Ooh, you should you should expand your show in this direction, I'm like, wait, you don't know me at all. I've been doing my show for eight and a half years and you're telling me how I didn't run my show. Dork over there. <laughs> <laughs> that's my knee jerk that's my knee jerk response. Sure. That's not what I'm gonna say. Right. But there's a huge difference between between pushing the envelope a little bit and completely breaking with my format. I won't break my format for a stranger. Perfect. I love that. Yeah. Well, you have been, uh, those of you who are listening, you've been leveraged by uh, the Leverage Masters. And, uh, oh, Clund is with us as well for the birthday party. So I'm going to uh, mute him there a second. And um, uh, so we want to remind everyone, you've been listening to the Leverage Masters with Brian Wright. And we'll be uh, switching soon to Ken's birthday party and uh, Gina Gaudio-Grace, uh, my lovely co-host. If you want to take us out and um, call with Brian.com. Is that right, Brian, for people to reach yep. out? That's my calendar link. If someone wants to talk about a product, you know, relating to a magazine or whatever, or a book, book a call. Absolutely fantastic. Gina, will you take us out? I will. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today and for playing with us on the new format. I'm not sure what we're going to do yet. Andre and I will have a discussion about it, but I think it could work long term. We will be back same time, same place, wherever you happen to listen to us at. Thank you so much for joining us today, Brian. And please, everyone, wish kind of happy birthday for me. I just can't make it the 
I've got another call I've got to jump to. Have a Absolutely. great week, everyone. Bye, Gina. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters. Awesome. We are now, let me uh, stop that recording and create a new recording. And I am right now, for those of you who are wondering why your name is going away, as we are creating this ruse. uh, Am I saying that word wrong, Brian? Ruse, not a ruse, a ruse, uh, so that Ken doesn't know what's happening. Um, Oh, he'll see some of your... uh, Uh, things. So um, he will see some of your things, but he'll be coming on any moment now. Oh, and I think I'm still on for the show. I didn't end the show. So let me end the episode.